This is Millennially Speaking, a podcast about politics, pop culture, and everything in between. I'm David Latimer, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Cheryl Boyer. Hello. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. I could be better. I'm (laughs) a little sick, but hopefully we will get through this without me losing my voice. You're a champion. You got this. That's right. So (laughs) what I wanted to talk about first, um, first of all, we are recording this on Wednesday, June 19th. Happy Juneteenth, everybody. Juneteenth, yes. Uh, so for those who don't know what Juneteenth is, like I did a few years ago, um, I have a beef to pick regarding Juneteenth. Yes, you got beef. I got beef with, with Juneteenth. The education system. Yes. Um, so Juneteenth marks the official end or or the... Abolishment. Abolishment, sort of the, the celebratory day of the abolishment of slavery in the United States. And... It's really unfortunate that a lot of people don't understand that and they don't know what Juneteenth is. Because I'm going to be honest, I saw on my calendar probably several years ago, you know, June 19th being Juneteenth. Mm -hmm. To be honest, I had no idea what it was. It kind of has a silly name, Juneteenth. I don't really (laughs) know what the significance of that is. Um, And I, I just... I'm confused. Why do we not know, or why why do most people not know what Juneteenth is? I, you're absolutely right, and it, it's so sad because I just feel like me growing up in a black household, it was just a day that you're just told about because it's so significant to us. But at the same time, it should be significant to everyone. It is mm-hmm. a huge part of American history, and a lot of people think that the whole abolishment of slavery just ended when you know Lincoln signed the Emancipation Proclamation. Right, which if you look at, and that's the, I would say, slightly disturbing thing, is that that was signed September 22nd of 1862, Mm -hmm. right? So... But people think it just stops there. Like, everyone... It it wasn't until several years later that uh, Juneteenth actually officially marks the end of slavery because the word got to... Uh, the Confederates. It right? was it was Confederates in the state of Texas. Exactly. So and that was uh, I believe it was about two years later that that happened. And even after that, it was sort of the it didn't end exactly on June nineteenth. It mm-hmm. was it took several years for sort of the transition out of but that's with enslaved this, people, right? And that's just with anything. But I mean, it's really really sad. so. Your frustrations are more that we're not told about this day. I really dislike that, and. and I'll I'll play devil's advocate and sort of give some schools the benefit of the doubt that, oh, it's because it occurs on June 19th and we're out of school usually by that time. Right. Well, okay. I'm sure the Holocaust was still going on during the oh, summer of course. and we learned but about that. But the idea is that why is it that a date that a, a massive number of people officially were seen as people mm-hmm. and became truly American citizens and sort of the, the symbolical day of that – why is that not taught in schools more? And and it's fine that you learn about it in your household or, or in church and things like that, whatever, wherever in your community. Right. But why is it that white kids don't know? And that, again, leads to the whole ignorance leads to sort of racism. And, and racism is taught. Right. And also racism comes from a place of ignorance. Exactly. But at the same time, I just feel that people get so nervous when they talk about slavery or any type of thing. And I think that's why we cover it up with the Holocaust because it's a more recent thing. And it's like, Oh, well like it happened to white people too. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, like slavery is a huge part of American history. And this was literally like 200 years ago. 
like yeah we're a young country like yeah like we're still fresh so unfortunately like slavery is kind of the base and the start of where this country is going and the direction that it's headed in and i feel like some people just want to forget about it but we can't you can't forget where you came from you can only grow from where you come from but you can't grow if you don't Mm -hmm. know the, the history behind it so it's really frustrating but i feel like I don't know. Like I said, it's just so crazy knowing that a lot of people didn't know that. And just growing up, I just naturally like I was like, oh, yeah, like when you said it, I was like, yeah, Juneteenth. But I'm just so used to knowing about it that it doesn't mean anything anymore. It it means something to me, definitely. But when people are like confused about it, I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, I I grew up with that. Exactly. And I mean, could it possibly be the name? Is it the name is is sort of unclear because you do have the ones that are moving away from Columbus Day and now celebrating Indigenous Peoples Day. Right. It's very obvious what that's about. So when you do that, you're labeling the day as for what it is. So couldn't Juneteenth be called, I don't know, the, uh, the real Freedom Day? The pain- right. Yeah, like um, African American Independence Day or African Independence Day. I or agree with that so- name. Whatever, yeah. whatever the name would be, something that actually tells you what it is rather than just... Juneteenth, especially right. because like that could be any holiday could be called Juneteenth because that, it's, it's just occurred on June nineteenth. Right. I mean that day will happen when they decide to get rid of Columbus Day yeah, and right. call it Indigenous Day or whatever it is. So I don't know. Juneteenth is definitely something that I think that everyone should know about. I think it should be a holiday. Well, and and why is it that you think that it's not taught? Because I I gave them the benefit of the doubt, even though I. I seriously doubt that that's what it is that it's because we're not in school mm-hmm. i mean I there's think... there's obvious things about like oh well our country the the education system was originated by white men mm-hmm. so it's sort of built in except i honestly don't think that there's white men sitting in boardrooms nowadays thinking we're still resentful that we don't have slaves so we're not going to teach about well yeah you know, but at the slavery. same time i think it's that people are so sensitive and you can teachers can only control what eight hours of the day that you're in school Mm -hmm. they can't control the rest of what's going on at home and what your parents think so you do have parents that are still racist and parents that don't want their kids to learn about certain things because i feel like slavery like i feel like there's so many different stories to it that there's no like history is always looking for that one story there's always that one story with slavery there's not just one story they brought us over here that's the start of it and then there's millions of different stories from millions of different families so i think that's the frustration behind it and that the fact that talking about this type of stuff can it can create like a hostile environment and it can scare people and um i i know a lot of white people get uncomfortable when Mm -hmm. they any type of race issue happens because it's like you know you say white people and they're like but i'm not the type of white person that's racist i'm not racist exactly i have a black friend (laughs) those are the worst do not Mm -hmm. be that person but um yeah so i i just feel like that in order to avoid that type of negative energy they don't talk about it but it 110 percent needs to be discussed it's history and, and it's american history and obviously i'm sure part of it going back to my point about it um the white men sitting behind a mahogany desk to sky, like deciding what the curriculum is going to be right i'm sure if you had more you know people of color and and deciding hey maybe this is an important thing that others would like to see reflected in curriculum perhaps you would have more of a variety of things taught so maybe we need to stop 
drilling into everyone the American Revolution because I'm I swear to you I'm so sick I was so so tired of hearing about the American Revolution by the time I got through uh, primary school literally the American Revolution and the Holocaust and don't get me wrong these are very important events but to learn about it every year maybe maybe that's why we only talk about the Holocaust and not slavery exactly because we only want to talk about one thing well i actually did have a teacher that tell me that told me well the holocaust is more recent true but they're both significant it, things that happen in history and parts of history and the holocaust didn't even happen in america and and the other the other issue is that i think i mean it's it's good to learn about both things obviously but one had a direct influence on american history and the american you know makeup not that there aren't american jews obviously mm-hmm. but the idea that a good majority of the country is not being represented in this particular issue. Right. And it's one that everyone can, you know, sort of celebrate in that we just got this new population of people seen as people. And it's <laughs> it's ridiculous that it's not just everywhere. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. And it's sad because it's not just things like this. It's a lot of parts of history that aren't discussed. Like, I remember learning about the Japanese internment camps, and I was like, that happened? Why do we not talk about that more? Why? That's a really big problem. Exactly, and that's a part of our population, but I just feel like it's just minorities don't get recognized in American history. So I gotta ask you a question. I'm scared. Are we millennials? Do you not know the name of our show? It's Millennially Speaking, because well, millennials are sitting here speaking. Well, that's my question. Do we need to change the name of our show now? Are we actually Gen Z? What are you getting at? So there's some discussion and there's going to be until basically until we're old as to what the definitive dates are for what makes a millennial. I'm a millennial. Uh, You identify as a millennial? I identify as a millennial. Do you not identify as a millennial? No, I I would say I probably do. And I'll I'll give you a couple reasons in a minute. Spill some tea. So... Several studies and from different countries have sort of marked the dates of where millennials start and end. Okay. Some of the most common would be 1981 to 1996. Uh, that seems to be the Pew Research Center, I believe, is the one here that says that, that that's sort of the the line, which no matter what, that would put you and I both at the very tail end of the millennials. Right. I was born in 95 and you're in 96, right? Right. Yeah. So we're millennials. Well, there's another one here that says this is Price Water Coopers. No, Price Waterhouse Coopers used 1981 to 1995. Okay. Uh, so either way, I'm a millennial. It's you, my friend. Nielsen, uh, Nielsen Media Research. They do all sorts of tracking of numbers and things like that. Okay. They define millennials as being 21 to 37 years old in 2018. I know they really should have just gone with the years, but right. Wait, so, hold on. so last year in 2018, yeah. I was 21 and right. you were 22. Right. So that would make we're, me a millennial based on theirs. That's such a right? weird... There's Well, there's another one. Uh, the U.S. Census used the birth dates of 1982 to 2000. Others have said Australia I... used 1980 to 1994. And others have used 2001 as the ending date because of the 9-11 attacks. Others have used 2004 for some reason. But basically there's this... Big split as to where does the millennial generation end. This is so frustrating. I am an American citizen. I'm going with the U.S. Census. 
They end in 2000, and I was born in 1995. Therefore, I'm in a millennial. I rest my case. So, I would say I definitely identify as a millennial, but there's arguments made for both sides, and I, I kind of get it. So, the reason that I would go with being a millennial is... Here we go. One of one of the things that they talk about with this new Gen Z, which I don't know if that's what they're going with, but that's what they are now is Gen Z. Mm-hmm. But they are sort of defined as the quote unquote I Gen or a generation that basically only grew up with the internet and only knew of a world with the internet, which is true. That's absolutely right. true, and that's absolutely so. That's accurate. Gen Z. That's that's the generation after us, Gen Z, okay. or supposedly the generation after us. Okay. But and I'm sure you'd agree with this. While we may have grown up in our very early age with the internet, right. we had slow internet slash dial-up. Yes, which oh my gosh. Which, do you even count that? And, and, and we also grew up in a time with flip phones. We grew up before VHS, tablets. Yeah. We had VHS. We had I think tablets big were fat really, TVs. Yeah, I think tablets were the turning point, to be honest. Well, tablets came out, the, the iPad came out in 2010, so, oh. but... But the iPhone came out in 2007, and and if you say you were born in one of them being defined as 2000, mm-hmm. if you were born in 2000, by the time you're seven, when you start being cognizant of things, you were just going. You're, you're the iPhone is coming the, out, yeah. so so you really didn't have a phone before smartphones, you know. Right. So I remember a time when I had the flip phone with a keyboard or with just the number Same, pad. Yeah, I and, had a sidekick. <laughs> exactly. So we we had that time before that. So and that's why I would sort of go against the idea of being in the the Gen Z collection. Right. I agree. I'm a millennial. That's just what I'm going to say. Yeah. I am not I'm not here for change unless it's political and <laughs> I'm a millennial. But even if You're not going to change my mind. Uh, really? No, you're not. You can't. Well, the so... name of the show is millennially speaking. That's what I'm saying. Maybe we have to change it. Even no. even like so no matter what, we're on the end, and my parents are also on the end. Your mm-hmm. your mom, you said, is a little younger. My mom was born in seventy five. Yeah, my mom was born way before that. So <laughs> she she was born at the end of the baby boomer generation. Okay. So it was my dad. So with your mom being Gen X and my parents being boomers, your your mom's pretty much like square dead in the Gen X. Right. Whereas both my parents and myself are at the tail end of our respective generations. Right. Being at the end of the millennials and then being at the end of the boomers. So when it comes full circle, when life comes around, we're going to end up getting the crap from whatever <laughs> our generation is given because sometimes I can't really identify with millennials. So like I'll take I'm these quizzes. Well, I'll take these uh, quizzes on Buzzfeed and they'll be like, Oh, only millennials will get these answers. Right. And it's like, you know, pop culture things from the nineties. And I'm like, I was born in 96, so, like, some of them I vaguely remember in, like, reruns I or I'll see old from. things. So it's not really fair. Like, I know of these things. Because I didn't experience things. it. Right. I right. know of these 90s shows, but I didn't watch them when they were new. So, so like, shows like the, the Nickelodeon game shows or the All That, the sketch comedy yeah, show. I used to watch reruns of those as well. Yes, so those I weren't understand. in my time, yeah. but I, I know of them because I know the reruns shortly after they ended. Oh, this is so frustrating. Why does freaking end of generations have an end exactly well that's why we're being the end of the generation sucks because but i, I can't really i can't really identify with both oh this is so frustrating well that's the other question what are the gen z is going to be called i gen is, is mistakes oh <laughs> shots fired they the, i gen is one that's come up um i know that there have been some other names potentially discussed um 
let me see. They had iGen, Post Millennial. That sounds like Post Malone. Plus, <laughs> Post Malone. Generation Snowflake. I feel like that's a hit at liberals, and whoever conservative made that, I'm taking you to court. I kind of like Post Millennial. Or are they like riding that. on our coat? They're riding on our coattails. <laughs> yeah, right. We like that. So lastly, what I wanted to talk about is this guy. He is a former student of the Parkland School, the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas School, where the Parkland shooting happened a couple years ago. Yes, yes. And he was recently admitted into Harvard. Wow. But, Um, yeah, but his acceptance was rescinded because of some surfaced screenshots of him using some racial slurs and anti-Semitic language over the internet. Oh, jeez. So, apparently this was going on during he was playing some games or he was, like, video games or mm-hmm. just sort of discussing or just talking with his friends over the internet, and he would say some very not good things. Um, Who says good things when they're playing these games on the internet? Well, and that's... And I'm not excusing that behavior. Uh, yeah, I'm not here <laughs> to defend anti-Semitism or... At all. ...being racist, but, but I'm... You've all seen people on the internet and you've seen people, you know, playing video games and saying these kinds of racial things. Yeah. Not that it's good, but you've definitely seen it, so... And you literally just, you fight back, because we are so sensitive these days, and it'd be... If the circumstances were different and we were in a different... If we were face-to-face and you're saying these, or, like, you personally know me and you're saying these, that's different. And... It's just weird because I just know when you're playing these video games, you say anything because your adrenaline's running. It's fun. You're talking to someone that you'll never see unless you, like, become mm-hmm. friends or whatever. So it's fun. You say what you want, and it's childish. I mean, if it's different if he was an adult saying this, but I don't know. In a way, I'm, like, 50-50 about this. Like, I feel like Harvard's right, but I also feel like they're wrong because this goes back to what I said about the uh, Virginia governor when he had his little race thing going on. I feel like when you select somebody and you go through this, you go through the whole thing. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like find out everything about this person before you elect them or, you know, have them or select them. So it's just weird. I just feel like in a way that the institution maybe failed on doing that if they found it sooner. But I mean, I couldn't imagine getting an acceptance letter from a freaking Harvard and then getting a letter saying like, yeah, we're going to take that back. And and my thing Just is, kidding. I always feel like you shouldn't judge a person based on one type of problem, especially if it's like using that kind of language. Exactly. Like, obviously, it's not good and I don't want to reward racism, but he was also 16 like he's a kid yeah, and and weird. that his brain isn't fully developed so he's going to be saying and doing things and and he his defense is that he and his friends would try to one-up each other and try to be as sensational as possible to get mm-hmm. a reaction out of each other which i've seen that before i've absolutely I've heard that, that before yeah, like, you try to one-up each other and say the most outrageous things not necessarily racial things but the most outrageous things possible really can like grasp you and you'd be like whoa did he just say that? exactly yeah so it's so weird because I understand that and I'm not okaying his behavior, but at the same time, I feel like I kind of am because it's like you're young and when you say things over the Xbox, like I, my brother does it all the time. Like you, you don't mean it, but it's like, why would you type it? Why would you not just say it? Because ex- you can't get anybody on a recording like that. Exactly. So it's just weird, but 
no, I'm I'm not okaying his behavior, but I, I do think that kind of sucks on Harvard's part. Well, should there have been some kind of, if not rescinding his acceptance, should there have been some sort of punishment? Or should it have just gotten overlooked? I'm just wondering. I think, if anything, punishment-wise, I mean, I from what I've heard, when you get accepted into Harvard, you get scholarships behind it. I feel like they should take his uh, scholarships away. And I feel like if they said, okay, like, you can't receive any scholarships from the school at all, then I think that would be a, a fair punishment. And I also don't want to make any kind of judgment or assumptions about the kid. I don't know how smart he is. Or... I don't even know if he's not a racist or not. Well, I also <laughs> don't know, was he accepted into Harvard because he is academically worth it? Or because he came from the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School. That's another thing. Like, these the school shooter victims are receiving so much praise. And I don't know. I kind of want to see this kid's report card. Like, did he get an A in everything? Like, an A plus in everything? Well, from what I understand, he actually had... I believe he had worse scores on SATs than David Hogg. Sort of the face of the... March of Our Lives or March for Our Lives movement okay. from MSD, and he actually got in, but David Hogg did not. I, I'm very confused by all, all right, of that. I want to know about this. I want to investigate this because I feel like there's more behind it. To but... me, to me, a little. That's why I would say a little bit. It feels like maybe he was given preferential treatment because he came from, from the Parkland school, school. Yeah, it it just doesn't feel right, and that doesn't do anything for the school other than give them sort of a headline right. in the news, which is dumb. And just because he was involved in a, he's a school shooting survivor doesn't mean he automatically deserves to go to Harvard. Exactly. Know? Like that's, and unfortunately that's the fight that NRA people are trying to fight against the liberals. It's like guns, the whole guns don't kill people, people kill people and liberals are so sensitive and blah, blah, blah. And then now, like, look at it. And it's just becoming a distraction. It, it pretty much. So, what would you like to get off your chest? It's summer. Am I right? Yes. Well, right. well technically starting... Three days? Four days? Tomorrow? No. 21st. 21st. Two days. Yeah. Hopefully when this comes out. <laughs> All right. Well, let's say this. Kids are out of school now. Right. And one thing that's always sat on my mind was that everyone's like, oh, in summer, I can't be in a relationship. Now, me personally, I, I don't do relationships. I'm not a relationship person. But it always intrigues me when people are like, summer, I'm single. But do you really stop yourself from being in a relationship because you want to venture out in the summer? Like, does summer really change that? I think that just makes you a scummy person. <laughs> Because that means you can't commit to somebody. That makes you, like, a really terrible person. Yeah, and it's like, I wouldn't be talking about it if it wasn't as bad as I've seen it be. That just sounds super selfish, you know? Like, uh, there's no way that I could commit to one person and just be faithful. Like, exactly. I'm, I'm just going to be, you know, nasty all summer. And okay. nine times out of ten, these guys don't even leave the house. They're in their ra- their rooms and air conditioning. It's like, I can't commit to you right now. It's summer. I'm just trying to do me. And I just sit there and I'm like, that's so interesting. But like I said, it doesn't bother me. I'm not a relationship person, but it does sit on my chest. I mean, you do you, but don't act like you can't be in a relationship just because you're trying to hoe it up. Right. Like, that's just not right. Guys act like they are really like there's this like this thing that just inhibits them from just being faithful. <laughs> mm. What's that? Men don't cheat. 
as it's us women that cheat. That's, that's what, the, of course. That's the hashtag going around. Men don't cheat. Men don't cheat. Hmm. Oh, well, that's the lies you tell. <laughs> Suspect. So. What's yours? What I would like to talk about, I believe this happened while we were off and we didn't get a chance to talk about it last week, but Sarah Huckabee Sanders is leaving as the White House press secretary. Yay! All right, well, don't sound too excited. <laughs> so I think she, in the last, I think she's been on it for about two years now. She's done a pretty good job. I think she's been very much in lockstep with the president, which is what you're supposed to do as the press secretary. And right. I think Sean Spicer did not do a very good job at that. He was <laughs> he not very, problems. <laughs> he was not good with the press, but at the same time, she also, the, and the white house has in general stopped doing the daily press briefings. Oh. So it's almost like, do we need a press secretary? Do we even, I mean, Trump does all the talking himself. So, well, and that's the point. That's <laughs> a press secretary is supposed to speak for the president and, and supposed to be, you know, whatever the president says, the press secretary is supposed to be the one to convey that to the press. And he just sort of skirts around them with Twitter and just speaking to them like on his way on a runway or somewhere. Mm -hmm. So it's like, do we need a press secretary at all? Oh, gosh. The thing is, we do need a press secretary. We just we're not in a normal presidency right now. So it's like, please excuse all that's going on right now. This is not normal. Like, is the (laughs) is the ritual of the White House press corps even worth it, to be honest? Because he gets his message out there just whenever he sees a camera, he wants to talk to them and that or whenever he picks up his phone and goes on Twitter. Right. (laughs) And not only that, she's apparently this is coming from Politico, your favorite. (gasps) What's happening? Sarah Sanders eyes a run for the Arkansas governor with a quote saying she's extremely serious. Oh, God. So this is according to three people who have spoken to her in recent days. So perhaps... Uh, and this was also with a recent boost from the president encouraging her to run. Of course, they're like buddy, buddy. Well, she's been loyal for the past several years. So so basically the idea would be that she is leaving the White House to run for, run for governor. Huckabee. I'm sorry, I'm not voting for anything that sounds like Huckabee. When you, Based... you don't want to go to Arkansas no, and vote? No, no, no. I don't want to go to Arkansas. <laughs> like Who? Yeah, who is she? Is she part of the states too? Speaking of that, I'm banning Florida, so... America currently has Florida canceled. Or technically, in my head, we have about forty-seven states. Oh, we got several that need to get cut. <laughs> oh, I mean, it doesn't Mississippi have the Confederate flag still in there? Yes, that's why I said flag. we have forty-seven states. Mississippi, it's twenty nineteen. What are we doing? Who are you? Who is she? <laughs> Racist. <laughs> and that's all for this edition of Millennially Speaking. I'm David Latimer, and I'm Cheryl Boyer. Be sure to rate us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. And if you like this podcast, share us with your friends. We're also on Instagram at millennially underscore speaking and on YouTube, millennially speaking. We'll be back next week.